0: This episode of the Sunspots Comics Podcast is brought to you by our brand new sponsor, Cryptid Zoo. Cryptid Zoo is a t-shirt line uniquely infused with augmented reality and inspired by cryptozoology figures like Bigfoot. It is designed by artist and owner Julian Meyer and check out the amazing, unique shirt designs at cryptidzoo.com. And don't forget to use the promo code SUNSPOTSCOMICS and you will get 25% off your shirts. Again, that's www.cryptidzoo.com.
1: You're looking for a place where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow we
2: look no for the friends, the adventure never ends
0: We will save the world somehow It's Sunspots Comics now hey everybody it's chris latore and you are listening to a sunspots comics special spotlighting interview with two comic book creators marcus anasso and jason muir it's first time i've interviewed two people at the same time they actually are the creators of this action lab danger zone comic book called voracious and their first arc is just voracious. The second one's called Voracious Feeding Time. And there are seven comics in. They are fantastic. They're a ton of fun. It's anthropomorphic dinosaurs. It's time travel. It's alternate realities. It's dinosaurs that are made to be delicious in a restaurant. Just, that's just some of it. There's just a whole ton of things going on. We talk about that. We sat down for like an hour and a half. They let me just keep going with every question that popped out of my head. But here you go. Enjoy the interview. And here you go. It's me and Jason and Markison. Hey, what's up, man? Hello. <laughs> how are you guys?
2: Good, how are you? I'm excellent.
0: I just bought a gigantic stack of comics, so I'm ready to start you know, balancing the checkbook after that.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, you read a lot every week to do your podcast. a big week.
0: I do. Last week was nuts. I literally read 30, and uh, and 28 of them were traditional one-ish, and there were two that were hardcover that were like 128 pages each, so... Last week, which is some high page count for me, yeah, very high. Yeah. This week's looking like a total of twenty-one, and they're all standard issues. So.
1: But. You read as many comics as Jason. <laughs> nice. I do.
3: I read a lot too. Excellent. I had I had like nineteen books today.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I just had you barely beat with twenty-one. What's 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 uh sum in your stack? Give me the
1: rundown. What do you What do you got?
3: Everything. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Uh, everything so,
1: Marvel and DC gets—that's for sure. <laughs> I had a lot of
3: Marvel, DC. I'm trying to think of—I mean, I well, so far I've only read Captain America today. Okay. I uh, bought Spider-Man and Kenny Avengers. About the new Justice League book. Uh, I'm trying to think of what indie stuff came out today.
0: Look, my my list looks—I got that. I got pretty much everything you just mentioned, and uh, all the image stuff was the Belfry. Did you see the? Did you see the Belfry came out? The one shot. I
3: did not get the Belfry.
0: Oh man, I already read that. That's uh, it. It okay, made the it made good. the pick list for for next pod.
1: Super yeah. good. Yeah, I know it was a one shot. Yes. I didn't get that either, but I don't get. I don't. I only got. Let's see. Yeah, we got have? Captain America. Okay. Detective Comics. I got Detective. me too. Jim Henson's power of the dark crystal. Me too. I was so glad I got that. That's one of my favorite movies of all time, so uh, I definitely need to read that. Uh, Monstrous ten, Thanos four, and Heathen number one. That's got, it. Got
0: Thanos and Heathen as well. Heathen, it looks interesting. There was a yeah, it looks pretty cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna a gonna sucker for
1: Viking stuff.
0: Yeah, cover you, looks do great too. You like Black too, right?
1: Road? Yes. Black Road came out today. Black do you Road You like 7? Black Road? Yeah,
0: I already read it. I already read it. It was just kind of a. It was kind of an okay issue. It was all right. It's not yeah. gonna make the. It's not gonna make the pick list for next week. I gave it a 3.5. <laughs> <I read that. laughs>
1: yeah, it's good. I, it's, uh, it goes slow, but I, sometimes I like that pacing uh, for books.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And this takes a, a, a real kind of twist at the beginning, and you kind of went, oh, wait a minute. You know, they're not the most uh, on time with delivery as well. So that's when you kind of go, what? wait, wait, where do we leave off? Who is this chick?
3: Yeah, I didn't even actually know if that book was canceled or they ended it. I was Almost- surprised it kept going.
0: Almost feels oh, they, that way because it like was like all nine weeks. Books. There was like a nine week break. Yeah. Like, but a hey.
1: lot of image creators, they do an arc, then they take a break, and then they come back. I mean, yeah. th- that's what we did for our book, too.
0: So, And it's Brian Wood, right? They, they're they just like, we'll take your books whenever the hell you make them. We'll, we'll just take <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah. <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you make up the time frame. That's fine. <laughs> uh, Curse Words, <laughs> Descender, uh, yeah. the, the Fix. Those are just yeah. a few uh I old guard well greg Rucca. old guard number one
3: you know what i was thinking about getting i don't like the artist on that book
0: i know what you mean yeah i have a little a couple of issues with it as well oh what's the other new one too that i um i was excited that i grabbed as a new number one and it was uh well, let me see i thought i read it oh here we go there's a visitor the visitor it's the um uh, mike mignola it's a tie-in to Hellboy. Oh right,
1: yeah. I saw oh, no, it. It's a new character who comes in at the yes. time that Hellboy is uh, brought into the world. So it's told from his perspective. Yeah, that looks pretty cool. Yes,
0: that was a, I was a happy to grab that. And then there was also a new Highlander, American Dream number one. I was like, wow, wow, I, like I the movie Highlander. Yeah,
1: there can be only one. <laughs> I like that first movie. I, yeah, <laughs> right, the first one. Oh, yeah. The first one, yeah. The second one's not good. Not so good. The quickening? How I don't the even quickening. know how many they made. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The quickening.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, they did two or three of those, didn't they?
1: I'm pretty sure they have. I don't know.
0: It feels uh, like I just.
1: Did. It's funny that Sean Connery was in it too. Yeah. The first one.
0: One of his. And then, then, you know, they had
1: the TV show as well.
0: Yeah, that's right. And I never watched that. I never. Be it a shot. No. Well, it looks like everything's recording. Looks like everything's good. So we can, you know, just roll right into it casually. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I have like 47 questions, but uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> I just <laughs> It's like the naturally flow of things. Well, uh, am I am I saying your name right? I've been I've been butchering it and I'm sorry. Is it, it Mark is it hard A? Is it Marcus San? Marcus It's Marcusan. Marcusan. Okay, so it's a soft A and then it's also Naso or Naso? Naso. Okay, so it's Marcusan Naso. All right, yeah, you got things. it. Cool. <laughs> Rob, yeah, it's a hard one. Excellent. You're well, you're not Chiris, right? You're Chris. <laughs> it's Chiris, actually. It's a chai. <laughs> <with> chai. <laughs> gotcha. Well, thank you so much, um, Marcusan and Jason, for being here. You, we've got the creators, the Brain Trust, with Voracious Feeding Time, the Action Lab Danger Zone title. I am absolutely loving it. I have to tell you, I read ARC 2 first. Um, I found you guys because... I do it just a few titles through Action Lab. I was doing Trigger Man. I was doing um, Zombie Tramp and just a few. And when I, when I saw yours, it just, the, your art, Jason, right off the bat, grabbed me. I was like, okay.
2: Thanks.
0: What do we got going on here? Your font uh, choice, fantastic. It just, it's just appealing. It just grabs me. It just looks like fun. And uh, what went into some of that? If we can just jump right in there, right? Your, your cover for Feeding Time specifically, that's where I jumped in.
3: Uh, what well, went into like the graphic design elements?
0: Yeah. Or just, you know, a little into the, how the sausage is made there for you and, and feeding time sure. number one specifically.
3: Feeding time number one. Um, well, you know, before I was doing art full time, I was a graphic designer. So that's where that comes in. Um, yeah, we, we both really liked the voracious logo. Uh,
1: yeah, we worked on that for a while.
3: Yeah. We wanted something that looked a little, uh, like textured, almost like, uh, like scales and you get the cleaver in there. But then when we did the uh the Feeding Time subtitle, I wanted to put something a little slicker, like futuristic, to kind of meld the two worlds, you know, the prehistoric with the, the futuristic um world of the uh Cretaceous City. Um in terms of the cover itself, um feeding time number one is the one with um Gus holding the wanted the wanted sign of uh Nate. Of Nate, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. That one you know, sometimes covers I'll do, you know, I could do up to like 10 different ideas. I think for issue two, I had done almost like 10 different ideas, but for feeding time number one, I think that was like the only idea I wanted to do. Cause it was like, you got to see this new character Gus. And uh, I just thought the wanted post, the wanted poster just said everything about it right there. You know, um, if you'd read the previous series, you knew that Nate was hunting the dinosaurs. So just seeing that cover of a dinosaur person holding that wanted poster pretty much sums up everything you need to know about, what's happening in the second series i thought
0: yeah it, it grabbed me and i uh, and i loved uh Marcusan, I've i've said this on the podcast uh, from the from issue number one that made the pick list and issue number three you're recapping um I, I just feel like it's a it's a lost art form like it's uh you know writers and creators aren't doing it anymore like why'd you do it and and how, what's the feedback been like am i the only guy there's got to be a lot of people out there saying they love that right
1: You're the only guy who's told me how much they love the recap page, but uh, I I feel you. I mean, uh, it's actually an interesting story. Uh, The reason I did it is because of Brian Azzarella. Yeah, uh, I've Great. known Brian Azzarello for a while, and he lives here in Chicago. And um, you know, uh, when he was first coming up and, and writing books, uh, my friends and I would go to these conventions and just like get drunk and scream his name. And so uh, he loved that, and uh, so we we kind of became friends over the years. And uh, we had one conversation when he was doing a hundred bullets, and I was like, "Man, I love your book so much, but it's hard to keep track of all these characters." and everything that's going on, I was like, you should do a recap page or do some headshots or something. And he said to me, "Uh, no, I'm not doing that. My readers are smart enough to know what's going on. And uh, I was like, man, I'm pretty smart. (laughs) And I would love to have a recap page. So I said to myself, "If if I ever did a comic book, every single one that i do is going to have a recap page or it's going to have headshots to show you who the characters are and You're you, know? you're doing you the it lord's helps. work thank you thank you so much <laughs> you're welcome thanks Bri- thank you uh, to brian azarello for that uh,
3: oh, excellent well uh he's I curmudgeonly mean, answered you prompted <laughs> you to uh do the opposite
1: yeah i defied azarello <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>.
0: <laughs> so like how did you guys meet each other like did you and maybe you could talk a little bit about, say, from from its idea phase, right, to to print, like, and how did you guys meet? And you don't have to go in length, but if you give me a snapshot there, how from idea, from concept to print, and how you guys met each other?
1: Uh, well, we, we knew each other. I'm from New York, from Syracuse, New York, and I came out here in 2000. Um, and so the first thing I had to do was find a comic book shop. Of course, and uh, the comic book shop uh, out in the suburbs where I was living uh, when I first came here, uh, Jason was working at the store. So he he was pretty young then. He was was about to go to college for art, and um, there was some contest online to write a story. It was an authority story, and I wrote it uh, and won this contest, and so Jason wanted to draw comics, so I gave him my script for that, and he drew a few pages, and then he went off to college. And then I didn't see him again for, I don't know, what, like 12 years, Jason, something like that?
3: Maybe like 10 years. Dang.
1: So uh, we reconnected on Facebook because we had a mutual friend, uh, Bobby, who was running the comic shop. He was Jason's boss. And he had an idea for a comic book, but uh, he didn't want to write it himself. So he tried to enlist me and another guy to work on this book. And uh, so we did start working on it. But it's just hard to do with three writers. I just had a different idea of what to do. And it wasn't my idea. Um, So I just told Bobby to do it himself. I would look it over. Um, But he also sent some ideas to Jason so he could draw uh, sketches of the characters. And so I saw those. And when that project fell apart, I just contacted Jason. And I said, hey, I have some uh, ideas for comics. If you're interested, we should get lunch and I can pitch you a few ideas. And, um, so we had lunch and I pitched him a few ideas and Voracious was the one that we wanted to do most. And, uh, I also had saved these pages that he had drawn of the authority, uh, in 2000. He totally forgot that he had even, uh, drawn them and I gave them back to him. Oh, so wow. that was very he's a lot cool better bit. artist
2: now. Nice.
3: <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't even remember doing them until he handed to me too. Hmm. And it took me a second to look him over and say, like, oh, yeah, I think this was me
2: (laughs) at some point.
0: Well, that's that's uh, cool that you kept a piece of his past, you know, keep a piece of your past, you know, and handed it right to you. Like to see your evolution as an artist. That's pretty cool.
3: Yeah. Um, And then you were asking how the book went from, you know, the idea to getting printed. Um, So we just sat down and did a first issue. Um, The first issue was was way longer than the original first issue. It was something like, what, like? 42 pages I want to say
1: it was 48 pages. Yeah,
3: it was 48 pages, you know, because we really We really wanted to introduce a lot of stuff and we really wanted to get to the hook of the book Which was, you know, Nate cooking dinosaurs um, so mark Sun wrote it. I drew it We uh, did a black and white ash can and then we um, kind of shopped it around for a little bit and then uh, we got some feedback from a couple editors at some companies um, you know it, uh, a forty-eight page first issue from two unknown creators is a tough sell. So um, you know, and we got some critiques on the writing and the art too. So we kind of went back, and I redrew a chunk of it. Markson rewrote a lot of it. We trimmed it down. You know, we we lost a few pages. We condensed a few pages, and cut it down uh, to what like thirty pages, maybe.
1: Cut it down to thirty-six. Well, I should tell you this, Chris. So the first issue is sixty-four pages. Yeah, I it's read really. Yeah, it's really two issues in one. So originally it was 48 pages, and then we cut – the first issue was, and then we cut it down to 36 pages. Um, But uh, when we got to Action Lab, they are like, well, we have to charge extra money for this oversized book. Uh, But they said we could put issue two in there, and it would be the same cost as a 36-page book. So we're like, "Hmm, yeah, do that. We'd rather give people more uh, bang for their buck. So that's how we got an oversized
3: issue of it. Yeah. it's funny um, we we cut down the first issue only to just end up combining it with the second issue, and making it
1: <laughs> cool. <laughs> right, it but we worked after- on
3: printing. So we we revised the first issue and then uh, you know we submitted it to a few other places. And Action Lab liked it, and you know that's where we've been ever since.
0: And was it Dave Dwanch? Like I just met him at Long Beach mm-hmm. Comic Expo. Was it Dave? You guys
1: submitted it to? Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they have a process online where you, you you have to get different materials together and then send it in. But it, it, yeah, it was Dave. Well, actually, they had a submissions editor first who contacted us. Uh, but then we ended up talking to Dave. And uh, Dave really championed the book because I, I think it was on the fence, actually, uh, with all the creators uh, at Action Lab at the beginning. And, and then Dave, he kind of pushed it over the top. Um, so we're really grateful for that.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, good, good gamble for him. I mean, honestly, it, it even just fits in well to just their whole publishing house. It just seems to, to feel right and fit right. I hmm. mean, to me now, it's like your your title's the centerpiece for me for Action Lab. You know, that's, <laughs> it really is. I mean, I I was just so blown away by it. I mean, sixty-four pages too. That was just a great, you know, great page count. You got so much. I mean, your your oh, that's well, the other thing it leads me to is the uh, the recipes in the back. So <laughs> I, I love them like my sister is a uh, like a general manager of this really nice restaurant and uh, I've been saving him for I've been co- laying him on my copier and and making copies of those <laughs> those recipes to give to my sister. But nice. uh, what was the inspiration there you just like heavy into cooking you just wanted to just do something just pouring
1: your love into your comic. Well, yeah, I mean, I I've always liked extras. In the back, and Jason does too. That's why he's got a lot of uh, his illustrations and talks about the process of the art. But um, because the book is about cooking, um, you know, I basically just came up with the idea to do recipes, but to have dinosaur meat in there. Yes, right, right. Uh, and then we tell you what the real meat is so that you can make it. And uh, you know, I just thought it would be fun to do. Uh, and people really like it a lot of people have made the recipes and sent us pictures of it and so it's really fun and uh, in an upcoming issue uh actually issue four of feeding time we have an actual restaurant contributing uh oh, recipe which is cool. that's yeah. great i'm
0: gonna try the chili and the uh and the sausage stuffing those are my two favorites yeah i love that sausage <laughs> stuffing man That's great <laughs> It just sounds tasty. Yeah, and I love the little parentheses like, you know, if you don't have uh, a uh, you can add beef or whatever. I just love the gag there. And oh, and the gag like with the little warning label at the front, I always it catches my eye as well cuz I think initially I did think it was just a, you know, you they do have you guys do drop some f-bombs in your in your comic, but not so often. But I, so I thought that was just related to that with just language, but it's a gag that that uh, I enjoy every single time is the little warning label on <laughs> your
1: <laughs> well, well, how'd you guys yeah, come up with that idea? That's something a little fresh and new. Well, that, that's, Action Lab does that for all their Danger Zone books. Um, oh. But usually the creators, they, well, I've, what I've seen, um, they usually just do the same one every time. Um, but when we were doing it, we just we wanted to do something different every issue that actually yeah. talked about the issue. So sometimes I'll write them, and then sometimes Jason writes them because I'll forget to, to put it in the script. And then Jason just writes something out. Uh, so we, we have fun with them.
0: You definitely yeah. feel the bonus element of your of your guys' comic, you know, from that little snippet to the recipes to... It just seems like your page counts are all a little higher than normal. Like, I, I just feel like I'm
1: really getting a bang for my buck with you guys. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> Jason hates it sometimes because uh, <laughs> we can do 22 to 24 pages of actual comic, and I almost always write 24 pages, and then we do the bonus material at the end. And it, basically what it is is that... uh Action Lab will fill the rest of it in with ads. So they're like, if you have extra stuff, you know, we'll take it and we will put it in instead of putting ads in. So um, Jason and I, we usually – I think we've done bonus content for almost every issue, some more yeah. than others, but um, – and it's just nice uh, for the trades because uh, Action Lab uh, takes the actual issues and then binds them into trades. So uh, they don't reprint it for the for the actual trade. So whatever we have uh, in the issues just goes right in there. So uh, everybody, you know, if they've missed the issues and they pick up the trade, they get everything that was in the issue.
3: Oh, that's great. Yeah, I love... I always love sketchbook stuff. That's my favorite part. Sometimes there's a couple books I buy in, in- issues, issues, uh, Invincible in particular, um, that I will buy the hardcover just for the sketchbook section because I love that stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do too.
3: The behind the scenes stuff and those sketches of ours are just laying around anyway, so it's like, might as well. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love. Yeah, the, and I mean, there's the rough sketches that... of the suits you guys had uh, for the the initial suits, the sketchbook, and that, and, and it, that was great. Like some of those initial designs, like it's neat to see where you actually ended up because you definitely evolved that sort of look of the initial you know time traveling suit
1: yeah, and I was going to say, uh, we kind of skipped over that period, but uh, you know when Jason and I met and decided we were going to do voracious, we worked on all the concepts together. you know I had a lot of the story uh, ready to go, but uh, you know I wanted Jason to really. Uh, Participate as a partner in the book. So, you know, we worked on all the character designs together You know the world together and uh, as you see in some of the back matter material Jason even draws out the entire laboratory um, So he has like a a reference when he goes in Um, So, you know, we worked on that a lot before we even got to actually doing the the book and that that was really fun World building together like that.
0: How about action lab were they? Were they really flexible with you guys? Did they did they make a lot of notes? Did they did they actually take your material and adjust it and twist it a bit, or were they just like full freedom, like you guys do your thing um, from from pitch? Or did they have notes? Did they kind of in any way you know change your artistic view of, of Voracious?
1: No, I mean it's uh, it's uh, all us, and they don't uh, really do any editing at all. Um, so yeah, it's just pure Marcuson and Jason and Andre.
3: Sweet. Yeah. That's and, great. Uh, we yeah. we deliver the book to them, finished, and they've never said anything about That's great. content. Or,
1: it's yeah. kind of weird because if you ever do other books, you know, like for the big two or just for any other companies, you know they're going to have notes and editors. And it, it would be weird for us, I think, because we're just so used to working uh, by ourselves. But, uh, yeah, it's cool. We we do checks and balances. Like Jason looks over everything. I look over all the art that he does. And um, you know, we try to edit as best we can. Uh, I am an editor, so I think that helps too. Nice. Well, that definitely
0: adds to the professional feel of it. And like, I think you and I, uh, Marcus, I must be similar in age because I'm catching some of the like Karate Kid references, Cobra Kai references, just some little little bits and snippets of things. That I love that you put in there and some pop culture, like '80s pop cultures, especially. Mm-hmm. But uh, I love all of that. It, just, it seems to me like you both have poured a ton of love into this and a, a ton of yourselves into this. Like, is it
1: the character Jim is actually a friend of yours or based on a friend? Um, he's sort of based on a friend. Uh, I, uh, my friend, uh, the captain, yes. uh, is uh, one of my best friends. And uh, his name's Jim. Uh, I call him the captain. Uh, that's why you got Captain Jim. Um, but he has huge hands. He has hands that are larger than a silverback gorillas. So we've measured them at the zoo. So uh, that's why Jim Hand's last name is Hand. So, uh, but he's a white boy, and uh, Jim obviously is black. So I, I, I always joke with a cap, and I was like, oh, I made you, I made you black in the book. Nice. Uh, but he's not, he's not a military guy. So uh, you know, um, that's about 100%. as far as it goes uh, with that. Uh, Did you
0: have that conversation with your friend? Like, hey, man, just so you
1: know. You're kind of in there. like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I told him. I told him. Even Nate and Wilner is a combination of uh, names from my friends um, from a podcast that I, I, I used to do. I haven't done it in a long time, but uh, it's called the "I Kick Your Face Comic Cast. And so we had the captain and uh, Dan Wilner and uh, my friend Nate and the captain. So it's a kind of a combination, uh, the names anyways. But uh, the characters aren't really based uh, on them at all.
0: It very much has like a Native American influence, you know, from from Maribel, the grandmother and from Nate himself. And I noticed his tattoo of the dream catcher on his arm. And like, so where did that all of that come from? It seems, you know, the name of the town uh, that they're in, uh, just everything. You seem to just be kind of giving nods to, you know, American Indian culture. Like, where did that
1: kind of come from for you? Well, I wanted to set the book in the uh, the West, because uh, I love it out there. Um, I just love that area in Utah. And, um, so, and I don't see any books out there ever. Uh, so I wanted to do that. Um, I I knew that I wanted to make the lead a uh, person of color because uh, I'm brown. And so I just figured I, I've got to have a brown lead character in the <laughs> nice. book. And uh, because I've gone out west so much with my wife uh, and we love it so much, uh, one of the parts that we really enjoy is the Native American culture out there. So it was an easy fit. Uh, plus, uh, out west, there's a, a lot of dinosaur fossils. It's a hotbed for dinosaur action. Um, so it all kind of came together that way. Uh, you know, what I like about the book is yes, there's Native American stuff in there, but but Nate is an everyman. You know, he's not like um, this dances with wolves type character that you usually see with Native Americans. You know, he's just a he's like a guy that you you might know in your, your everyday life. Um, uh, just happens to be in a crazy sci-fi adventure, uh, and and a, and a chef who cooks, uh, dinosaurs. But, uh, (laughs) so I I like that part of it, but, um, yeah, I mean, I wanted to throw a little bit of that culture into it uh, just because we're out West. Same thing with the dinosaurs. I mean, the dinosaurs are all native, uh, to that area, uh, in our book in the beginning anyways.
0: Nice. I, I It was definitely subtle. Like, you didn't, you know, you didn't stick it in. It wasn't over the top. It wasn't too much. I just liked the little subtle hints to it. I mean, there was a moment where Maribel has that sort of, uh, like, seizure, if you will. And she says uh, just a sort of word you think is gibberish uh, in, in that seizure. And you explained that word. You broke down that word in that language. What was it? Um, was it UTE? Was it the Native American? Uh, UTE. Yep. Ute? Mm-hmm. I was like, "Wow, that's cool! Another little bonus nod that you." I thought it was just gibberish that so she was just kind of blah blah, blah 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 and you and you <laughs> defined it at the end. I was like, "That's yeah." <laughs> no, yeah, I
1: looked it up. I you know I looked up the language. You know, I did I did research on that part to try to make it uh you know as authentic as I can. And you know, I
0: I have to admit, like sixty percent of the time, I don't read the back of the books. Uh, you know, you guys have seen my stack, uh so I just sometimes just don't have time, but. For everyone listening out there, spend the time and read the end of Voracious. It's worth it. You give, you give nuggets of just goodness and extra stuff and, and that bonus feel of overall, I just love it. So if you're listening,
1: read all of Voracious, folks, all the way to the end. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. We appreciate that. Yeah, we put a lot of love into every page, so uh, especially the end. So it's not just like throwaway stuff. We really want to give people something the, about the book um, that they can take with them uh, after the issue's done.
0: How about yeah. for you, Jason, visually? Have you um, stuck in some, some of your own love, some people you know, some actual visual references or whatever, not just necessarily people, but you know, things of pouring your love into it that you might uh, run off the top of your head? Sure.
3: Um, <laughs> well, I mean, there's so many, with the restaurant, there's so many background customers that all my family members have eaten in the restaurant at some point. <laughs> nice. Well, <then laughs> I look, I look like you. a family member right. of yours.
0: There's a, there's a guy in there that looks like me. Uh, and I was okay. like, "My goodness, he's kind of bald, and he's he's chubby, and he just has the little goatee right here."
2: Yeah, just a
0: little. <laughs> I'm like, "Dude, that, that looks like me." But sorry, but please more. Yeah, what what else? Uh...
3: Um, yeah, so definitely all the family members. We um we actually had done a Kickstarter uh in the uh, fall for feeding time, and one of the um one of the rewards was to get drawn into the book, and that was you know we thought it was going to be a uh, some people might take advantage of it, and it was probably the first thing that went. It sold out instantaneously. Oh. Uh, we underestimated people's desire to be drawn into a comic. So actually, issue five of Feeding Time features a lot of cameos by fans of the book, um, and f- so much so that we have a little guide in the back because you know the people had bid on that to uh, win to be in the book so we include their picture and we include their uh, you know a photo uh, the drawing of them next to them and some people actually wanted to one of the rewards too was to be written into the book so uh, they got some people got some speaking roles in there so that's pretty cool that's always fun I mean when you're having to fill the panels with stuff you you got to get you got to keep yourself interested (laughs) by putting up you know on the background things like that
0: Nice, very nice. And, and you're doing the coloring as well? There's another person on colors, yeah, right?
3: Yeah. Um, our colorist is uh, Andre Tabacaro. Is that oh, how you pronounce how?
1: it? I think you pronounce it tobacco-roo.
3: Tabacaroo. Tabacaroo? But actually, we don't know for sure. So. <laughs> yeah, because we've never actually spoke with him. We've only communicated via email. Oh, wow. Uh, Andre's our colorist. Um, he lives in Romania. And oh. He's a vegetarian. And wow. he's a vegetarian.
0: <laughs> Has he ever expressed like you guys with the meat? Like, oh my goodness! Never.
1: <laughs> no. I mean, he actually runs this uh, uh, um, a restaurant slash catering business called uh, uh, what's it called, Jason Wild Forest. Oh, Wild. Forest. Oh yeah. wow! Yeah, and it's all <laughs> vegan vegetarian foods. Oh and, my uh, goodness! I mean, I like meat, but uh, when I see pictures of that, I, I kind of want to try some <laughs> of that food because it looks looks pretty amazing. It's like works of art. From the forest. Nice. He wow. actually goes out into the forest to find the ingredients for this stuff. Holy mackerel.
0: I wonder how that's affecting his, his vegan soul with all of this carnivorous activity you guys <laughs> yeah. have going
2: on.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think between the three of us, we all do a fair amount of cooking. I know Markson cooks a lot. I cook a lot. I do the majority of the cooking in our house. And Andre has a food business. That's his main, his main business. So we're all involved in the food industry or that's making great. or preparing food in some way.
1: Wow. Yeah. And Jason loves fast food. He can't get enough of it. Huh. Do you eat fast food?
0: <laughs> yeah, who's not, who's not a fast food junkie? That's my weakness, too. <laughs> where are you, Jason? Like, where are you located?
3: Uh, we're both in the Chicago area. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Nice. What's your go-to well, burger joint out there? I've spent a little time in Chicago, and they don't have In-N-Out because I'm here in the West Coast in California. So no, what's your... they don't have In-N-Out. What's your go We're coming go-to? out for
3: the San Diego Comic-Con this year. I definitely got to hit some In-N-Out.
0: Please do. It's amazing. You'll be happy. Did you
3: ever do uh, Ho-Dads in uh, San Diego?
0: No. No. Ho-Dads. That's
3: a big place.
0: What about but in Chicago I, uh, to, area?
3: What's that? What about in Chicago? Where's your go-to burger joint? Let's see. I know Marks and I both like a place called Kuma's.
0: Okay. Kuma's is the best. I'll have to check it out. That's what I it's a know. It's a
3: heavy metal burger joint. We'll All the burgers. It. Right named after alley. metal bands for metal songs. They play heavy metal in there. And the burgers are ridiculous. They're You know, the, the burgers with, like, you know, bacon. Like whole Baking bratwurst
1: it. on it or a, yeah. a chunk of pineapple or, a, you know, crazy f- uh, fried cheese curds on top of it. And um, <laughs> they're on pretzel buns. And uh, I love metal, so it's just a great – the original Kuma's is like a dive bar kind of place with really great beer and – um just amazing burgers and every month they have a burger of the month and they give a part of the money to 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 a charity which is kind of cool oh cool kuma it's really good i'll check it out yeah kuma's Kuma's. corner it's actually called Uh, they have four locations now they've expanded in the last like year and a half Uh, but i only go to the original uh place because it just has the, the right atmosphere Metal and burgers
0: right up my alley. Perfect. (laughs) I'm in Chicago. Check that out for sure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So uh, tell me, um, you guys are just wrapped up three. Uh, Is there anything you can spoilerish light free? Give us
1: as to a glimpse as what we can kind of expect. You know it's it's tough actually cuz we just uh we're wrapping up 4 so we can send it to the printer, you know, just uh tweaking it a little bit. And uh we had to send the preview pages. There's not a lot we we can send without spoiling it, but... <laughs> Alrighty, Thought I'd ask. <laughs> yeah, I mean you're going to you're going to get more. I'll tell you something that you're going to get in 4. You're going to get more with the sheriff. Okay. Uh you don't really know some of his motivations, you know, we kind of built him up. Uh a little bit as we go, but you know he's kind of got it out for Nate, and you don't really know why. So you're going to know a little bit more about that in this ne- in this next uh, issue. And um, you know it was a big big cliffhanger in the in three, so we can't really give away too much of what happens in four. But uh, pretty much all our books have pretty big big cliffhangers. So fantastic yeah. cliffhangers! You guys are you, and, you got uh, that?
3: Nate's uh, <laughs> at last we saw Nate. He was on death's door, getting operated on. So. You know, we'll find out how that turns out. And now that Gus has hopped into a portal, we have got to figure out where he's going, what he's going to do, and that'll take us through to the uh, to the end of the miniseries.
0: I loved that turn in Gus. That was like a, a serious favorite moment of mine. You know, you thought maybe they're going to do a little good cop bad cop thing, and uh, Gus just kind of loses it and flies off the rails. I. I, or Owen, I, just, yeah. I or, Owen, oh, Owen. Yeah. Owen, sorry. Yeah. I'm a horrible name but yeah when he when he loses it there uh, just also the emotion you wrote and uh, drew on his face Jason was it sold it it was perfect you know
3: well, thanks that's that's a tricky thing when we started you know when we started the first series you know 70% of the book was just people in plain clothes in normal environments and then when we moved into feeding time everything had to be redesigned from scratch um especially the dinosaur people that was tricky you know cuz You can skew cartoony if you're not careful, Mm -hmm. you know? So you got to do that thing where, you know, the characters are believable. They seem like they would exist in the same world that Nate exists in. But at the same time, they have to have, you know, a full range of emotion in their faces. So, you know, you don't want to make them a Disney character. But uh, you do have to kind of over-exaggerate their features. How do you show that a triceratops is angry or happy or (laughs) confused?
0: yeah you're selling it well like uh i think of when I, I you're right on par for me with like elephant men richard starkings in that yeah, area with yeah. your anthropomorphic uh, look and feel but you've twisted it and uh, i really like that what's the what's your favorite part of of drawing voracious like what if what's the favorite aspect or thing you love to draw
3: in voracious
2: um
0: i feel like it's all of it but what me. is what is your favorite
3: <laughs> what's my favorite um I do enjoy drawing Starly and Maribel. I think best. They're probably my favorite characters to draw. Um, I just think they're they're very animated. Um, you know, a lot of funny expressions. Um, I like drawing characters that have a lot of character to their face. So Maribel has, you know, an interesting face. She's she's older, so there's a lot of wrinkles. But that's a lot of stuff you can play with in terms of just building an interesting looking face. Um, and I also like just drawing the, uh, the regular dinosaurs when Nate's just kind of in the, uh, the Cretaceous and just dinosaurs are walking by in the background. Or there's a scene in an upcoming issue where, you know, Nate's kind of uh, appreciating the dinosaurs around him, which was kind of a fun sequence to do. just, you know, uh, getting to draw the majesty of, you know, seeing giant dinosaurs walking around, that's always fun.
0: Yeah, that looks it's that's what adds to it. And there's always like a with all of your issues, there's just this this feeling of home and this feeling of warmth, this this family connection. Uh that and also I think you guys uh er and you've really harnessed like how is it writing a young woman? Like you've you're doing a good job with that. Like you've got complex women that aren't uh, two dimensional per se. Like, uh, how, where did you, who helped you harness that? Like some of the women in your life, like, uh, you know, you got strong, uh, diverse women in your life. Like, uh, so how, how, so comment if you can, again, as I recap the love that seems to be in it, that family and then also, you know, writing
1: younger girls. I mean, I wanted um, a lot of times when I read comic books, I, I feel like I don't care about the characters. So it's something I, I just really wanted to establish right away, especially in the first issue. I read a lot of first issues, and I, I, i not. I don't want to read the next one. I don't care enough about the characters, or I, or I do read the next one, and I don't remember the characters. So um, yeah. in our book, I, I wanted to have that. I, I wanted to create characters who you could really identify with, even though our book is just kind of off the wall, you know. Uh, I, and I, I think people didn't really expect that kind of writing in our book, like when they hear the premise, they, didn't, they don't expect that. Um, but everything kind of filters through Nate. Um, he's in most of the first series, and in that first issue he's is on almost every page. And, uh, I, you know, I just thought that was important. If you care about Nate, then you're going to care about some of the other characters um, that are around him. And uh, so I really wanted to establish that. And as far as writing women, I mean, yes, I do have a lot of strong women in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mother, uh, really strong. Um, she's She was a physical therapist, and then um, she helped run part of a hospital uh, overseeing different uh, therapists. And then uh, this is in New York, and then she's also on the a board that creates laws for health uh, wow. in the state. So, uh, yeah, she's really strong, went back to school when she was in her 30s, 40s, and then redid her, her career, um, you know, while raising me and my brother. And um, so, uh, it was just inspiration for me. And then uh, my wife is a structural engineer who specializes in forensic wow. investigations. So she's 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 <laughs> really tough. When I when I first met her, uh, and we were talking about dating, she's like, "Well, listen, I'm gone a lot. So if you need somebody around all the time, then you shouldn't date me." <laughs> And I was like, That's perfect. That, you know, I got a yeah. lot of stuff going on myself, and uh, so she she's terrific, and you know, just really supportive, but just really strong, smart, uh, capable, um, and so you know, I guess that probably bleeds into some of the characters. Uh, you know, uh, I do worry about it a little bit actually, because um, a lot of it filters through Nate. So a lot of the the women characters they're they're trying to help Nate, and uh, as you as the book progresses, you see Starly. Thinking about that, like she she knows that maybe she spent too much time, you know, trying to help him and not enough time on her own life. So that's kind of her journey as it goes too. But and Maribel is the same way, you know, because they've had so much loss in their life. She wants to make sure that Nate's okay. Um, so, but she's got her own secrets and mystery, and uh, you know, she's a tough lady as well. Uh, and you'll see how those kind of play out in the in the next couple issues, and then uh, the follow up series. So um yeah i do not you know i don't think about is it hard to write young women is it hard to write older women i just kind of you know this is the character i want in there and this is the the personality that i that i want to give them and then you know i just work on it you know a lot of it a lot of dialogue comes pretty easy for me um so
0: hope that answers your question oh totally yeah and that's sometimes what a lot of writers that's the hardest part is the dialogue you know so that's, that's nice. You're able to capture that. It definitely comes through. It's just very simple and clean and casual. And the storytelling is clear. That's a big thing. You know, mm-hmm. you, you're doing a great job in that regard. I, you just know what you're reading, you understand it and how it ties together and it's not uh, you know, kind of a convoluted mess. So hats off. Great, Thanks, great job.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's some stuff in there like science stuff too. And those are the ones that I, I go over more, you know, like you with the time travel stuff, because I, I want it to be explained well, um, and succinctly, but also be fun at the same time you know um, so there 's a lot of layers in our book you know uh, you can see with with loss and the the different characters um, you know in the beginning you 've got Nate, uh, all the characters in the beginning have suffered some kind of loss, and then when we move into feeding time, the loss is even more uh, palpable because uh, it 's happening right then to the dinosaurs so there 's a lot of parallels and things that, that happen in the book. Um, and so keeping that stuff straight and making sure that the themes, uh, um, develop properly throughout the issues, um, and just being able to tell it in a fun way, but still make it smart. Um, that's what I spend more time on the dialogue. I usually write first, like, uh, when I think of a scene, I'll just write the dialogue out and then I'll script around it. So there was a scene in,
0: I think it was issue two of the first arc. Where Nate was being interviewed by a reporter, and mm-hmm. he uh, sort of dodges and gets upset about them asking about his parents, and uh, and that his, his parents were both killed. Um, right. Is there any um? Is there are we ever going to hear more of that or, or deepen that and understand kind of what happened there to his parents?
1: Yeah, you will. I mean, you're going to see more with uh, uh, Maribel and Tony. Because um, Tony is the, the, you know, the the brother uh, to Nate's father, so you, you will see more. You saw some of that in the first series. But you're gonna get more. You're gonna get a lot more with Tony and Maribel on issue five. Um, but all of that stuff, uh, it'll kind of be revealed in the in the final um, arc, which will be the the final series after feeding time is done.
0: That was kind of leading me to my next question have you re- Have you wrote it to an actual hard end, or is it kind of an open ending at this point like what's uh what's the plan for voracious in that regard
1: um i've i haven't written all of the issues, but i I have an outline for it, so it is a hard outline, so there is an ending, but it could um, go on i mean it, it could become something else I mean I could do stories with some of the characters after it ends, but Jason and I always envisioned. Um, a complete story of about 15 issues. And um, so we have an end. I know, I know how everything works out. Um, Cause I have it all written down. Um, but like I said, you know, some of these characters, I can see it spinning off into something else. I have uh, ideas for it, but you know, we'll probably end up doing something else before that ever happens. Nice. Nice. Very nice. And I've
0: noticed Jason for you too. It's been a you, I I can see the evolution in your art from the very beginning to where we are now but it's uh it's it's subtle it's not jarring you know sometimes you see that in certain comics where it's just like oh my gosh but I can definitely see an evolution there uh can you comment a little bit on that like I've definitely can see from number 1 to where you are now
3: oh sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, some of those early issues are difficult for me to look at just cuz <laughs> some of the first drew. um yeah I mean one of the aspects is when we were First, pitching the book, you know, we had done the first issue and we were using that to pitch. But in the meantime, as we were getting it out there, we just kept making the book. So by the time the book got picked up, we were like three or four issues in. You know, it hadn't been colored or anything yet, but it was all drawn and written. Um, so the book wasn't done, you know, at a monthly pace. We worked on that first mini series probably over the course of a year or so. So in that time, you know, between issues, hopefully i was improving and then you know there was a little gap between the two mini series and um it's just repetition i mean if if there's any advice I can give other artists out there any advice that's given to me that's useful is just like draw 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 because that's the only way you get better um and you just pick up little tricks along the way And, and it's subtle too like you're saying you know sometimes you'll be drawing you know there's I've drawn 10 issues of this book already, and there's still still things I'm drawing where I'll draw something in a certain way and say, like, oh, yeah, that's how I want to draw it. Like, I finally get it, you know. Um, Along the way, uh, you know, I've done a lot more with, like, textures, I'd say. Because in the beginning of the book, it was a lot of open lines, not a ton of shadow. And as I went along, I kind of cemented about how I wanted my artwork to look a little bit more, you know, when you, when you first start drawing, your your goal is to just draw as well as you can. You know, <laughs> draw faces that look like faces, cars that look like cars, and then along the way, as you get a little bit more comfortable with that, you can start getting into like, okay, how do my faces look? what What's the what's the approach I take to doing shadows, or what's the approach I take to doing this or that? So. Yeah, and um, I think with feeding time, there was just so much stuff to be designed in so many new environments and just the the look of everything that, you know, I just had to uh, adapt, you know. Uh, All the characters are scaly and have a lot of texture to their face, so you got to figure out, like, how do you approach that? You know, different dinosaurs, I feel like, have different scale patterns I try to draw, things like that um, as I go along. So every issue, I hope I get a little bit mm, better, more knowledgeable of what I'm doing.
0: Yeah, you can you can tell it, it, it as you, as the as voracious goes along. It's like a in subtle small ways. I never turn a page and just go, "Oh, is that Maribel? Wait, is that you know?" It, it's always consistent. I think maybe that comes from your your graphic design background, maybe as well, and or maybe just sure. I well, I feel, like, feel like that's
3: so. one of the number one. Oh, sorry, go ahead.
0: I'm sorry. I was just saying, and also, Marcassin's an editor, or have editor, you have some yeah. editing in your background, so maybe that helps too. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, definitely. I definitely, uh, we do that. Like, uh, when Jason, well, when I write the script, I send it to Jason and then he looks it over and then if he, he'll make any comments he wants, you know, we check our egos at the door, you know, this is our baby together. And so he'll look at the script and give me any notes. And then when he starts, uh, drawing, he'll do the thumbnails first. And I look at those, t- you know, for the layouts and everything, and then I'll start drawing. And then, you know, if I think something looks off or something to change, you know, I give him notes on that part of it. And uh, I don't give him a lot of notes now, though. In the beginning, there was there was a lot more uh, notes from me. Uh, and now uh, I, I don't I can't remember the last one I gave you, Jason. Really. It's like, oh, you forgot to uh, to put this necklace on a, a character, you know, but it's not like, um, you know, change this uh, position of a character. Um, so, uh, well, that's great. We guys are on the same page, literally. <laughs> yeah, well, we've grown together. I mean, we learned how to do comics
0: together and that's pretty cool. That's awesome. And do you, are you, uh, Marcus on, are you, um, more hands-on with like panel layout? Cause I noticed some of the panel layout you guys have is great. Um, from classic to a little avant-garde to you bounce around a little bit. Do you have, is that all Jason or together or you, you lay the panels
1: out? That's yeah, collaborative. I write full script. So I lay out panels. Um and then sometimes there's something I, I I just want a specific way. Um so like in the last issue, um, there's actually a lot of that. Um, um with the double page spread with Jim, like that's a lot of panels. And like Jason was like, I don't know about drawing this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, trust me, when you get this done, it's gonna be one of the most impressive things you've done. You know, and it is, it's just, uh, it's amazing. We've got a lot of comments on that and it's all him. There's no, not even dialogue in it. Um, And then the other one is with the, uh, with Owen and the heart beating, you know, I wanted that specifically, you know, because uh, when you look at that page, you can read any three panels in any order and it tells you a mini story. So, so stuff like that, you know, I get specific, but most of the time, you know, Jason will look at what I wrote, and then he'll come up with the layout for it. And then he'll sometimes he'll change it. Sometimes he'll add panels to it or take away panels. And, um, you know, it, I can't remember a time where I said, you know, that doesn't really work. Maybe once or twice. Um, but, you know, I want, to have, I want him to have the freedom to, to interpret what I write uh, through his own uh, vision as well. So it's very collaborative that way.
0: That's great. There's two sequences that immediately come into my brain. I have a lot of favorite sequences, but there's one, and I'm horrible with dinosaur names, but there's a very large a that squishes this small Asaurus. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> I, I love that sequence.
1: How'd you guys do, together come up with that, or is that wh- like? Shit, I don't even remember that one, Jason. I, well, I know I wrote that, stopping it with the flames, and I can't remember if I wrote it as a double-page spread or not. It was a double.
0: It was a double.
1: I know it was, but uh, I can't remember if I wrote it that way or a single page. Uh, oh. I think I did write it as a double because, um, you know, I like splash pages. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like to have them at least a single page or the double page spreads almost in, in, in every issue. So, um, you get it. yeah, that, that one, um, I think, I mean, obviously Jason... He may have changed the perspective on it, actually, because I may have said the dinosaur stomps him, and then Jason did the perspective where the dinosaur's walking away and Nate's in the front. I don't know if I was specific with that. You know, we'd have to go back in the script to see. But uh, usually, you know, I'll write something, and then Jason draws, and it comes out better than it was in my head. You know, <laughs> like there, I remember one page, and I love this, and I was specific about this was a. Um, I can't remember what issues in the first mini series, but um, there's these feathers that are falling and Maribel's uh, remembering her past. Oh yes. Bleeding. On the, on the motorcycle. Right. And so I really wanted those um, down the side, and but uh, I, I didn't quite imagine the way Jason drew it. And I like it better the way he drew it than what it was in my head. So,
0: yeah, that was a great scene sequence. She's driving on the
1: motorcycle. She
0: has that flashback. There's tears in her eyes, Jason, that you awesomely drew. And then, uh, the bloody
3: feather. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks. Layouts are tough. That's like, that's the hardest part of the book. Sometimes is just, you know, piecing everything. Cause every panel is a mini scene, you know? So you get, you know, every issues is 200 little mini scenes and you got to decide, you know, what's the best placement, what's the best reading order, what gets the thing across most clearly. So you know exactly what's going on in there. Um, Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that stuff's tricky And it's, it's cool when it all works out You know, most of the time Mark's on just lets me Do whatever I want, which is good and bad Because, you know, there's an infinite Number of possibilities you can, you know Put a scene together So sometimes when there's, he has a specific layout in mind That makes my job a little bit easier Because I don't have to think <laughs> about it that much yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I write full scripts But, yeah, I mean um, Jason likes, like, a lot of direction And then he gets creative And I think that uh, it works well uh when we put it, put it out there. There's a a page that's coming up. I think it's in the 5th issue. It's a double page spread. And um Jason puts these like extra little panels on the double page spread and I had them on the other page and he's like I think these would be better, you know, on the double page spread. So, I can't tell you what it is, but uh, you'll see it in issue 5, but uh, it it worked really really well. So, uh, you know, we talk about the book constantly and uh um all the ideas, you know, for the book we kind of hash out together which is it's neat i don't know that a lot of uh, creators work uh as collaboratively as jason and i do um that's truly I, that's inspiring. the best part that's, of it it's truly inspiring
0: it. that's great i mean it's a synergy that just magically happens between you two i mean that's awesome was there ever a a uh, like a sequence that was really close to being in an issue and didn't make it but it was very close and something you guys kind of remember any of those pop in your head
3: yeah, well, most well, of that stuff uh, ends up getting shuffled to later issues. I think.
1: Uh, reused yeah. later.
3: Yeah, I, a, most. I feel like most of the time we've ever had an idea, or I know Markson has talked about something we want to put in the book. It's usually probably something like a subplot that has to get kind of resh- reshuffled, you know, to give more room to the main plot. I'd say. No, can you think of anything yeah. specific?
1: Well, I, can, I mean, we, like we were talking about, the ash can was 48 pages, and then we cut it down to 36. So there's actually stuff. We made 100 ash cans, so they're floating out there. Wow. Um, we sold a bunch uh, at C2E2 in 2014, I think. And then we had some in the Kickstarter, and we have a f- couple left. Um, but they're all black and white, and uh, you know, it's 48 pages. So there's a lot of extra stuff in there. There's like um, Starly on the phone, like trying to get Nate. And, um, you kind of see a little bit more of, uh, you know, her pining for him, you know, that got cut. Um, yeah, I mean, there's scenes here and there. A lot of times, uh, I'll, I'll give Jason the outline for the book. Like this is what's happening in the book. And then when I start writing it, that stuff, some of the stuff that I had originally outlined just gets tossed, you know, because I change the way it goes because sometimes the characters just write themselves. You know, I have, I read out outlines. And character beats. So all the characters have beats. like uh, pages of stuff like, here's where they start. Here's where they're going. Here's where I want them to end up. You know, so I have to make sure that they hit certain beats throughout the issues um, in order to get there. You know, um, But then I just think of a, a better way to do it, or I'll do a bigger reveal. Um, there was a page where um, I talked about uh, uh, Maribel and Tony, and you saw more of that. Um, there's a scene in the bar when the sheriff goes and he finds out information mm-hmm. uh, about them. So I actually had done like a flashback with Tony and Maribel, and you saw more of that. I ended up cutting that out of there because uh, it, just, it just didn't fit right there. I wanted to use it later. And so I saved that, and I, I might use it, uh, you know, in the last series or not. Uh, um, but, yeah, so there's a bunch of stuff like that that gets cut out. Very nice. You know, it's whatever works best for the book, you know?
0: Right. Well, what are uh, what are your some of your guys's? Uh, if I'm keeping you too long, I'm sorry. I, like I said, I'm just all – This is just popping in my head right now. But uh, so please, if you got to stop, oh, just man. let me know.
3: <laughs> I'm but, good. Uh,
0: what are some you of know, your guys's uh, comic book influences? Like what what are some of the things that uh, has really led you to this? Um, what are some of your you know maybe your art comic book influences and some of your writing comic book influences? Oh,
3: you you um, concerned? Right. I can go. Um, well, I mean, early on. Uh, the first artist I ever really loved was Art Adams.
2: Oh yeah.
3: My I, the first book I remember really saying like this art is great, you know, because when you're a kid you read comics and it's just like oh that's a comic about Batman, but I remember you know first time I ever said like oh this is a comic by an artist I really like was uh, Art Adams. It was a it was an X Men annual with the X Babies and in the Mojo verse. Nice. Um, that was a big influence. Um, I mean I I was a kid of the uh, the Image generation so. You know, I I was a big Savage Dragon fan, Eric Larson. Um, I was a big J. Scott Campbell fan, like Gen 13, all that stuff. Um, You know, there's a lot of artistic influences that I don't draw like them, but they influence me in some way. Um, You know, lately I've been really digging on uh, interesting panel layout. Um, A lot of what, like, Olivia Pell does. Mm. He does a lot of, like, big panels and then tiny panels to... Kind of show, um, you know, little bits of moments that don't necessarily need a huge, um, a huge scene for. Um, there's a guy named Pepe Lo Raza who does. Um, he's on Uncanny Avengers. I really like a lot of his interesting layouts. They have, they have like a movement to them. Like the whole book just seems like it's running. Like oh. everything in the book seems like it's moving. Um, you know, guys like uh, Kevin Maguire um, uh, do a lot of really great facial expressions. Uh, I, I try to get the facial expressions as good as I can to really express. It. even if the, no there was no dialogue in the scene, you could tell exactly what they were um, thinking, you know, or saying or trying to express just with their their eyes and their mouth and their hands and stuff like that. Um, you know, I, I really love Dave Marquez. Um, he He's another artist. He works digitally just like me. Um, and there's a thing that happens with digital artists sometimes where you lose some of that um, grittiness of the ink on paper. You know, like I I can read a book and I can tell you if it was drawn digitally most of the time. It just has like a weird smoothness to the blacks and the line work that a traditional ink doesn't have. And he does a lot of interesting stuff with his textures and making it seem like it's almost traditionally inked when it's not. Um mm-hmm. guys like that. So yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I'm a bit I'm a big invincible fan, so I really love Brian Otley, another guy that does um I love great Brian facial Notley. expressions and he does a lot of um This stuff moves too you know Mm -hmm. it's that it's that feeling of like you could draw someone running but then there's a way to draw them running that like makes it feel like you're capturing them mid-motion you know like like almost like you couldn't take a photograph like that but it's stuff you can do in comics that's a little over exaggerated just a bit a little just things just feel like they're moving that comics are all about the illusion of movement you know Cause it's a static image, but your brain has to fill in the gaps that everything's moving or has a personality or things like that. So I really, uh, I'm really in the guys that do that sort of thing.
1: Very nice. In- Invincible is uh, Jason's favorite book and my favorite book. And yeah. you picked it as your number one this week. So yes, we, you know, we can't argue with that. It's just, it's amazing. I can't wait to see uh, what Ryan Otley does after Invincible because uh, a lot of publishers got to be banging on his door. Did you guys read Grizzly Shark?
3: uh yeah yeah I read the first issue
1: <laughs> go
0: back and, and finish it up it's it's phenomenal and yeah his uh his blood squirtiness in it it's just it's so much fun
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean the artwork's amazing the story I, I just I couldn't get into it and I, I tend to I gotta like the story yeah. you know I like art I, I like um the symbiotic nature of comics obviously but uh you know I, the story is just fun, but uh, it's, yeah, I, I tend to gravitate toward things that uh, I don't know, have more story to it,
0: right? Yeah, it's definitely lack of that, but just fun, you know, art mm. and splashy and kind of uh, you
1: know, uh, sharknado y, if you will, in that realm. <laughs> <laughs> I actually just flipped through it because I was sorting my comics, I was like, oh man, this is some crazy stuff that he put in here. I bought his,
0: um, <laughs> I bought one of his art books, and man, he it's mm. nuts, it's just a. Mm. Uh, it's very strange and weird, but i uh, I'm really loving that
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah he's, his he's sketches
3: strange. his sketches have such interesting personality like his sketches look a lot different from his invincible work too totally yeah he puts so much like uh i mean it's it's stuff i understand you know with the monthly drago comics that you can't do this, but his sketches have like such a nice texture to him. he does a lot of monsters with weird you know warts and scales and stuff yeah. like that those are always great and he he has a great sense of movement too with his stuff.
1: He he would be great on a horror book. I never thought that. But then when you see sketches and you draw these crazy monsters, I'm like, man, man, this guy should do a horror book because he would kill on it.
0: He absolutely should. He absolutely – But what about you, Marcus, uh, some of your influences um, as far as comics and maybe also what you're reading right now too, besides Invincible. But um, what are some of your writing? uh,
1: My biggest influence uh, is Peter David uh, as a writer. You know, you're talking about the period of 80s and 90s and, uh, you know, the run on the Hulk, you know, Supergirl stuff. I think you can kind of see it in in my writing where, I mean, I always cared about Peter David's characters and uh, he was good at writing humor, uh, but he was also good at writing serious things. He was doing like Buffy like books before Buffy, you know, and so I always like that. You know, you got everything in those books and, you know, I try my best To do that with with Voracious, but obviously I'm not at the level of Peter David. Um, But he's always been my favorite writer, and I always go back to those books. Um, I I really like uh, some progressive writers like Warren Ellis and Joe Casey, um, because I just think that they do different kinds of stories or... And just present books and characters in unique ways that you don't always see. Like uh, one of my favorite books right now, I'm just finishing it up because I was behind. Uh, Sex by uh, Joe Casey. Yeah. Uh, but you never hear anything about it. But it's like so well written. Yeah. And I love the characters, and uh, I love how it flows uh, from issue to issue. It's not really like a concrete ending, like like an hour book where we have a cliffhanger. You know, it just kind of ends and then it goes on to the next one. And I, I just think that he he's always doing something very interesting and, and unique with his comic books. Not always appreciated, I think, uh, uh, for his craftsmanship. Uh, uh, and I just, I just love his stuff. Um, and Garth Ennis is a is a big one for me. You know, I just like yes. the sick violence. uh um, right next to these great, great character moments, I don't know if anybody writes better characters than uh, Garth Ennis. I mean, you really care about the characters. And that's something that's big. I guess I've been saying this a bunch of times in this uh, podcast, but uh, I, I like characters that I can relate to. And then, you know, I want to follow, I want to know what's going to happen next. And so the writers, I tend to like um, do that. You know, I as Warren Ellis is probably the exception is is more, I like his plots. I like, I like his story devices that he uses uh, more so than characters. I, I don't really, I mean, certain characters stand out, um, but a lot of his comic books, it's more about, about that. It's about uh, technique and plot. and um, So I admire that because I, I don't know that I would approach a comic book that way. Um, so, yeah, I mean, as far as what I'm reading, um, like I said, uh, I'm reading uh, sex. I don't read a lot of uh, Marvel or um, DC books, but I am enjoying detective comics uh, based on Jason's recommendation. That is yeah. like. And normally I don't like team books, <laughs> but that is a great book. I just yeah. really love the interplay between you know, all of these uh, back characters and uh, in a way I just never thought I would. Um, Invincible, of course. Um, I love Thor. Uh, Jason Aaron is uh, doing Thor. I actually gave him uh, the first mead he's ever had because I make my own mead. Wow. And, uh, yeah, I took his mead virginity.
0: Wow, you gave so him is... Mead? You made Mead and
1: gave it to Jason Aaron? Oh I believe I'm responsible for Mead being in uh, Thor as much as as it is. <laughs> because uh, I, I actually I met him at MorrisonCon. Wow. Uh, which was the best comic convention I've ever been ever been to. Uh, it was A few years ago, um, in Vegas, they did this Morrison Con, and it it, it was like um, you go there in the hotel and you hang out with the creators, and they do these sessions on making comics, and they encourage you to make comics. And I think that's what really drove cool. me to want to do Voracious, actually, because uh, I had all these ideas, but I never really put them into action. Um, and Jason Aaron was there. And so um, I knew he was going to be writing Thor. It hadn't come out yet. Uh, but I loved Scalped. Like, Scalped is just an amazing book. And so I knew he was doing Thor, and so I brought mead wow. to the convention. And uh, he had never had it. And uh, he tried it, and he really enjoyed it. And, he's, and I've asked him if he's uh, had any mead since. He's like, no, I can't have any mead but yours. Wow. <laughs> so, it must be good. So well, It is pretty good. It's, it's, it's crafted with
0: love, just like Voracious is. Well, my goal is to one day drink your mead.
3: <laughs> one day.
0: <laughs> well, maybe –
3: Featured in two different comics based on his boots. He was uh, in- mentioned in an issue of Wonder Woman. Oh, in the book, right? You were mentioned within the pages of the book.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, Brian Azzarello who's writing it. Ares actually mentions me by name in the book. He said Mead by Marcus on to Wonder Woman.
3: Wow, yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, it's in the issue so you are zero in of, Wonder of Wonder an Woman. issue of Thor too.
1: Yeah, and in Thor, Jason Aaron actually in the letters page he uh, he talked about my Mead in one of the letters after uh morrison so that was pretty cool very cool uh you know, books um i don't know i could talk about books all the time uh, uh what are what are the what are your favorites jason
3: um geez like we said invincible really loving detective um i don't know i'm trying to think invincible iron man
0: it's been i'm oh, sorry been not
3: invincible iron man, infamous iron man Yep. I've been really digging Infamous Iron Man. The new Flash book is great.
0: Yep. Yeah. Joshua Williamson doing Flash has been spectacular.
3: Um, I really like uh, Descender. That's a great book.
0: Dustin Wynn, crazy, uh-huh. crazy artist, right? That, uh, that watercoloring style.
3: Yeah. You know, I'm a big fan of most of the uh, Skybound books. I love Birthright. I'm a big Joshua Williamson fan. Birthright, Nailbiter, all this stuff. And, and per- uh, Manifest Destiny. That's another great book that they're doing there
0: you see Empress as well? That was one of those Skybound titles, I think, wasn't it?
3: Empress. Was that the um, Mark Miller one?
0: Uh, oh, yeah. Mark Miller. That's right. Sorry. That was a... Is that, that an and Yeah. And yeah, that was an
3: Icon book. Yeah, it's Icon. Yeah, that was great. Right. That's another great artist, Stuart Emineman. We want to yeah. talk about someone that has uh, is great motion, Stuart Emineman.
1: Yeah. Top of the mountain. Well, right? and, he, and the guy can change his style on a dime, and it still looks awesome, no matter what book he does.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. pretty ridiculous.
1: Is that yeah, like a... I love...
2: Fun.
0: Oh, go okay. ahead. Oh, sorry, Jason. Is that like a... For, a, to again, how the sausage is made, do you use a Cintiq? Is that a like a the 22? What Cintiq, are,
3: yep. Yep, Cintiq. that's what I'm drawing on right here. Very nice. I do it digitally. Um,
0: Photoshop you know, or Manga Studio?
3: <laughs> uh, Photoshop. I've never actually really played with Manga Studio. I feel like if maybe I had some downtime, I'd do it, but comics takes so much time and it's so labor-intensive that, like... You don't really have the time to play around with stuff. you got to just do what do what works. And then as you're doing it, you kind of figure out a new technique, and you're like, oh, that's a better way to do that. Maybe I'll start doing it that way now. But yeah, I draw the book digitally, so I pencil and ink it all digitally and then just email it off to our colorist.
0: Very nice. Oh, and I love guys...
1: Ragnarok, by the way. Oh, that's Ragnarok, yeah. <laughs> Simonson, yeah. Can't get
0: enough Simonson. Yep. And do you guys have multiple hands and multiple fingers and multiple cookie jars? Like besides voracious, do you guys have anything else uh, you want to mention to the listeners like what you guys are working on, or is this it?
3: Um, well, I uh, well, I'm finished working on it, but it's coming out right now. Um I worked on the Doctor Strange Punisher Magic Bullets miniseries that's coming out right now. Very cool. it's um it's an infinity comic from Marvel. so it's one of the books that's made specifically for the uh, for the screen or the iPad. So I did the storyboards for that. So I collaborated with another artist. I did the storyboards and um, sort of loose pencils, and uh, he did the, um, the finished art on that. So that was a cool experience doing that. Very cool. Uh, and Tomorrow that's coming out know? right now. The, the, print, the, print, uh, the digital version is out right now. You can read the whole thing in kind of the original intended format. And then they kind of chop it up and make it fit in a, in a comic book. So that's on shelves right now.
1: Oh, great. Yeah. I and Jason's done this. Uh, he's done some covers for Valiant too. So, oh, excellent. Yeah. What what were some of those? I always see those.
0: Um
3: I did a variant cover for Faith last year and um that's already come out. I want to say it was issue number 4. And then um I did a couple of variant covers for some of their other books, but they haven't released them yet. I think Valiant does um they kind of bank some of their uh, variant covers. So I never know if they're going to use them or come out or what, but I did a few of those. Very cool. And then uh, I'm working on a fill-in issue for a book right now, but it, I don't know if it's been talked about, so I don't know if I can mention it. But uh, it's for another company, kind of to fill the gap between uh, the end of Horatius and when we start working on Volume Three.
0: Nice. Are you guys? Have you guys uh, met the dream? Are you guys living in just comics? You guys have? You guys have full-time <laughs> gigs or other jobs, or is this it? Because that's my dream. That's like that's what I'm aiming for. Have you guys there yet? Are you just working full-time in
1: comics? <laughs> I hate to break it to you, but you don't really make money in comics when you first start. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so don't expect that. No, I mean, Jason and I are both freelancers. So, uh, you know, J- Jason does a lot of uh, freelance graphic design work, and I'm a freelance editor and writer. So I have a lot of projects actually right now. i got like seven projects I'm working on that are outside of comics. But um working on new comic books, so, you know, hopefully uh, you'll see some other ones uh from me and from Jason, you know, down yeah. the road. Um, but, yeah, and we, we have full-time jobs, but uh, we don't go to the office, which is All nice. Right. We're we're living the dream. I mean, we never expected this. Like, it's just amazing to see our comics on the shelf, you know, to have a publisher like Action Lab, who's putting out just a really diverse array of books, like one of the most uh, they are. publishers out there. It's, it's really impressive. And, uh, you know, we would have been happy just hand selling our books under a bridge in Chicago. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we got a publisher. So, uh, you know, it's just neat to see it in, in our reviews and uh, have been amazing for every issue. And just the, the feedback from readers is just, just great. We just never we never expected it. And we're kind of blown away by all of that stuff. So even if it was like the last an only book that I ever did, you know, I, I would be happy uh, to say it did. voracious. Um, hopefully, it isn't. Hopefully, you get to do many more comic books. But uh,
0: yeah, definitely living the dream, man. That's great. And it's your right now for you, Marcus. it is your only comic, though, other than your 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 other side work you're doing. It's your Veracious is your baby. Your one and only child. Correct
1: yeah i mean i have uh, a, some comics in the works oh, okay so you know we'll see some other stuff from me i'm sure uh down the road but yeah voracious is the one i've concentrated on you know when you first start out in comics you know just getting that first book out i wanted to put everything i, I have into into voracious you know and make it the best book i can because it's basically like your resume in the comics you know yeah. <laughs> so I, I try to put everything I have into that book. And, uh, you know, now that I have, you know, it's starting, starting to wind down. We've got the last series coming out. Now it's time to pitch some other things and, and get that out there. But, um, um, yeah, I just I wanted to concentrate on that one comic book because I thought that was important. You know, I, I think I'll probably be a writer who I probably only work on two books at a time max just because I, I feel like um, I don't want to spread myself too thin. Uh, With comic books, you know, I I see a lot of writers try to do many books and some of them are really good at doing that Um, But some you know, I think it the quality kind of suffers if you if you do too much I agree. I totally agree with you Well, you can tell you've
0: poured your heart into it and voracious is that kind of comic book It's just fun. You've got great characters that you care about. It's an interesting premise I love that it's it's hard to just sort of give the pitch to voracious you really it's just it's got a lot of different sort of avenues and to explain it there's just a lot going on and i love that and then the bonus material and content uh is just it's just top notch and so i commend you both it's it's firing on all cylinders fellas <laughs> thanks buddy we appreciate it i Thank saw you. It, i saw too your uh there was a mark wade recommendation on your cover of issue two i was like whoa that's like a big deal gave
1: you a nod on the uh, on the cover that he recommended oh, yeah, well, in the comic. You- yeah, we should mention Jason actually did a comic with Mark Wade. Man, or Thrillbent.
3: Yeah, I um, I did. I don't know if you're familiar with Mark Wade's Thrillbent website. Yeah,
1: yeah, I've so, seen it. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, so um, I met him at San Diego Comic Con a couple of years ago, when he um, we did a short little story on his uh, website. So if you go to Thrillbent.com, it's free. You just search. Uh, the story is called Like Giants. Oh yeah. Okay. So uh, Jason's being modest.
1: Let, let me tell you something about Jason. <laughs> So at San Diego, what was it, last year or two years ago? It
3: was two years ago.
1: Two years ago, Thrillbent had a contest for oh. artists, and Jason submitted it, and he won the contest of all the different artists. Mark Wade selected him to, to draw this story, and they, Man. they, they own the, the comic book uh, uh, together. And so they worked on this uh, issue. So That's it's pretty cool.
0: great. It's pretty cool. Jason, what's yeah, it called cool. again? I got to pound it home. What's on Thrillbent.com? It's called
3: Life Giants wow l-i-k-e cool. K-E, giants like giants excellent yeah, uh, yeah i dabbled uh, cool. on that
0: page but now i'm gonna just you know send it home and check it all out since you got something on there
3: yeah definitely yeah and that was actually kind of the reason that i got hooked up with doing the marvel digital stuff because uh i had done that with mark wade and it's kind of laid out in that horizontal digital format and then um he must have threw my name out one day at Marvel and said they were looking for someone that knew how to do the layouts on those, you know, because it's, it's sort of a different animal than, you know, laying out a traditional page. And uh, so, yeah, he put my put in a good word for me, and that's how I got hooked up with them doing that.
0: Yeah, he really feels that horizontal landscape styles really is where it's going, right, to live in that box like that?
3: Sure, it's interesting. It, you can do a lot of things with, you know, if, if you check out, like, Giants or um, even the Doctor Strange Magic Bullets, the digital version... That's an interesting animal because you don't have to lay out the page in a traditional way. Um, you know, panels can overlap each other. You can kind of create the sense of motion a little bit more. You know, it's, it's not like a motion comic, those things from a couple of years ago. But, you know, you can do things where a character might go through one panel into the next, into the next, but they don't have to all show up on the page at once, things like that, or, you know, panels replace each other or overlap or move around the page, cool things like that. So there's tons of different ways to uh, to play with the comic format. And then when I go back to, you know, because I did that for a little bit, and then when I went back to the pages of Voracious, I thought it hopefully made some of my layouts stronger, you know, uh, kind of playing with a different format and seeing how I could apply it to, like, the static page now.
0: Nice. Well, I'm on board, man. Your art's great, and uh, I'm going to be watching you. I'm going to go yeah. dig into other stuff you've done now, now that I know some stuff. And I'll definitely (laughs) check out that Dr. Strange book as well, since you can get it now. So when's Voracious Issue 4? What's the release date for it?
1: I believe it's March 29th. That's the end of March. So, yeah. So we've got that coming out, and we've got a bunch of comic book conventions uh, coming up this weekend. We're going to NWI Con in Indiana. It's a one-day con um, so we're looking forward to meeting people, signing books, and Jason's got a new sketchbook uh, that he's uh, unveiling. Oh, cool. Very so that'll nice. be pretty cool to see. I haven't even seen it yet. So looking forward to that. And then we've got a bunch of other cons, and you know, people can check us out uh, if they want. Uh, on Facebook, we have a page, Voracious Comic, and also on Twitter, it's Voracious Comic. And so J- Jason puts up sketches and artwork, and we tell people all about you know where we're going to be and you know, just let people know about all things voracious and other projects that we've got, uh, in the works.
0: Very cool. And where can we find you elsewhere too? On in the interwebs?
1: Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter at, at @darthsan, Um, and I'm also on Facebook, uh, Marcus on NASA.
3: And then, uh, I'm on Twitter. It's just Jason Muir, uh, M U H R. And then, uh, dot too. I, uh, I post um, – I try to – well, if I'm not super busy, I'll try to do a, a sketch every day. But, you know, you can tell when I'm doing a book because then the sketches kind of <laughs> kind of taper off. But I try to post new artwork all the time, especially on my Twitter. If you just follow the Twitter, you'll see all the artwork. You'll see all the announcements for Voracious. And if you want to follow Voracious specifically, the Twitter handle is Voracious Comic. And then on Facebook, it's just, I believe, Voracious Comic on there too. Facebook.com mm-hmm. slash Voracious Comic.
0: Very cool. I follow you guys on everything. So, yes, please, listeners, do that. Grab these guys. And uh, and thank you. I mean, it's been over an hour, you guys. Thank you so much for without a break, without anything. And uh, <laughs> maybe last last question for the both of you. There's a lot of struggling uh, creators of comics like myself. I'm creating one, uh, hopefully, summer called Zombie Destroyers. But what's some we advice? saw that. To, <laughs> looking forward to it, <laughs> by, by thank the way. You. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still learning how to color. And my Cintiq 13-inch uh, and Adobe Photoshop as well so I'm just learning mm-hmm. it as I'm going along and but uh, what's some uh, leave us with maybe just some advice uh struggling creators you guys you guys have have done it and you're still doing it and so you're an inspiration to me in that way and I'm sure to others but give us just uh leave us with some advice for some struggling creators in the writing area
1: and uh, Jason in the art area if you could I mean the biggest thing is do it you know like you are you're do doing it. It, you know <laughs> if you want to write comic books or draw comic books, you have to just get out there and do it. Um, and the best way to break into comic books or to have people uh, know who you are and to know your work is to put the work out there. And you know you can't even pitch anything unless you have it done. Um, you've got to have writing and art together uh, in order to send it to any publisher. So you, know, you just have to make the time and be committed to it and don't fall off. Um, you know, if you're a writer, it's harder um, because you don't have uh, artwork to show. So you you really need to find somebody that you can collaborate with, or you know, find somebody that you can actually pay to do pages for you. That's going to be committed to the work. Um, that's very important. Um, you know, I'm fortunate because uh, Jason and I knew each other, we're friends, and you know, working on the book together. But you know, there's lots of other avenues. A lot of artists out there, you know, you can go on Deviant Art. Uh, a lot of other communities where people are posting their work and want to do comic books that you can connect with, uh, message boards and, and such. So um, if you're a writer, you know, work on your ideas, find an artist, and then, you know, get that first issue done, nice. you know. or And even before that, I guess I would say, work on a short story, you know. Do like six pages, you know, go to anthologies, you know. Do something short. If you can write a short story, six pages and get a complete story, it's going to help you write long-form comics. You know? It's going to demonstrate and help you with your skills. So, um, you don't even have to start off and, you know, you don't want to do something grand, you know, right. Jason and I actually, voracious <laughs> is not a good example because we knew it was going to be a long form thing and we pitched it to Action Lab that way. But you, if you're going to pitch something, you want to do something smaller, a single issue, you know, mini series, you know, that's, <laughs> that's better because they're more likely to take a look at it because, uh, uh, the publisher, all the readers they have to take a chance on you. Uh, so they want something and and uh bite-sized chunks, you know. Yeah, but very nice. Yeah. Well said. Thank you, Markson.
3: Yeah. And then I don't know. Advice as an inspiring artist, um I mean obviously, just draw. Practice, practice, practice. Um uh because it's it's, the way you learn through art is sort of intangible. You just pick it up, you know, it's just with every page you do, you learn a little bit, something, you know, learn a better technique or just figure out how you want to draw something. Um, You know, another thing too, is uh, as an artist, you should bring your portfolio to comic cons and just get reviews. Um, I know a lot of, you know, artists can be sensitive. I mean, you're, you're, you're working your butt off to put that art out there and, to have someone judge it and critique it is rough, you know, it's a tough thing to do. And I remember the first time I got critiqued, it, um, you know, it didn't destroy me, but it definitely deflated my balloon a little bit, you know, because you go in thinking, you know, you uh, you're caught stuff a little bit <laughs> or else you wouldn't be, you know, putting it out there if you didn't have some confidence in it. Um, so definitely go on those reviews and uh, take what they say, you know, even if you don't want to hear it, and even if you don't want to hear it right at first, really think about what they're saying, you know. Um, you don't have to agree with everything they say about your art, but there's a reason they're saying it and and they're seeing it for the first time and it's, you know, their split second decision. So obviously if it's something that comes to mind right away about your art that they see it, um, you know, listen to them, uh, show your art to everyone, you know, show it to your peers, show it to fellow artists, um, And that's the only way you get better is just listening to those things. There there are certain things I heard in the beginning that, you know, at first I disagreed with and said, like, I don't think that's me. And then the more I work on it, I'd be like, nope, nope, they were right. They were right. I got to do that better. I got to fix that. Um, And then, um, you know, like Markson was saying, if you want to make a comic, make a comic. You got to do it. You just got to do it. Again, there's so many people, you know, I've talked to that said, I got this great idea for a book. Well, if it's a great idea, it doesn't mean anything until you put pen to paper whether you're writing or drawing it, you know, so... If you're a writer, find an artist, if you're an artist, partner with a writer or write your own thing you know just get it out there because you're never going to be able to pitch a book that's non existent. Most companies won't read a pitch that's just uh, a script you know or just like an outline. They want to see a book you know and sometimes they want to see the whole team they want to see the writer, the artist, the colorist so they know what they're getting because you know these these editors of, of companies that publish independent stuff, they're taking a gamble on you. You know, they're investing their money into you, hoping that you will deliver on this idea you brought to them. So they want to be the most confident they possibly can be with you. So you just got to bring them the whole package and show that you're ready. And this is the team that's going to deliver the book that they're promising. So find good collaborators, you know, find something you're passionate about. You know, make sure you love doing it (laughs) because comics is a lot of work. Um, You know, it could be a lot of rejection at times. Um, it's a lot of long hours it's it's just selling yourself to everybody whether it's at a show or selling yourself to a company to try to get out there so make sure you love it because you're going to be living it but I mean if you do love it and you know you get a book like we got Voracious out there and it's it's amazing and so if you can get something that works um, even better because now you're doing that thing you love and people are responding to it and it it makes the process go smoother knowing that there's an audience out there that's Appreciating and saying nice things like you and your podcast and all the other people that have reviewed and come to us at cons and said how much they like the book—that's the part that makes the uh, you know late-night drawing sessions to get it in on time worth it.
0: Yeah, nice. Well, you guys are uh, a success story and an inspiration to me on more than one level because uh, you guys are doing it. You've made it, and you've made a, a high-quality, interesting, unique comic book that's beautifully drawn. Uh, It's an inspiration to me and it it should be to our fans and everyone out there grab voracious as soon as you can grab it go to your local (laughs) comic book shops tell them I sent you and tell them you, you heard Jason and Marcus on a podcast and you want their comic voracious yeah. It's worth it. It's worth worth your time. It's, it's truly, you guys are an inspiring. Go to your comic
3: shop and just yell. I want voracious over and over
1: again. (laughs) Loudly. Yes. Until they kick
3: you out.
1: (laughs) Well, thanks for picking it up, Chris, and for uh, spotlighting on your podcast. Really appreciate it. You know, it's like the word of mouth for our book that really, really matters. Because obviously we're at a small publisher. We're new creators that that no one knows. So, uh, you know, we really, really appreciate that.
0: Well, you guys have uh, helped put them on the map and uh, Voracious is uh, is hitting on so many cylinders and it's a, it's it's going to, for, for a long time, I know it's going to be on my top pick list and I've, it's on my poll permanently at my shop. So uh, I'll be there with you guys. I'll be with you.
1: Awesome.
0: Right? <laughs> Thanks again, you guys. And I'd love to have Thanks, you Jess. on the next time, maybe in late March, I'll hit you up and we'll have you when uh, 4 comes out. Maybe we can get you guys back on.
3: Sure. We'll come yeah. back whenever you want. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Especially uh, after number five comes out, too, the big conclusion. uh, I'm sure uh, people have a lot to say about it because that issue five is just big moment, big moment, big moment. Mm. A lot of stuff happens there.
0: Controversial?
3: (laughs) Surprising? (laughs) Jaw-dropping? Intriguing. (laughs) Intriguing. A lot of intriguing developments. Uh uh, A lot of revelations and Mm. uh, just uh, ideas of where we're going to go from there. Where does the book go from there?
0: fantastic well you've had some great (laughs) twists in it so i can't wait to see where it goes and uh, you guys got the cliffhanger thing down it's like uh, i think that's a a really strong core element of your comic and uh keeps me buying i'm in (laughs) (laughs) all right thanks Thanks so much hey you guys take care talk to you soon have Have a good night good night
1: Looking for a place where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl
2: somehow we look no for the friends, the adventure
1: never ends We will save the world somehow It's Sunspots Comics now